Hey, as you sit down, tell someone that God is good. I'm so thankful to be in worship today, and as I think about communion, one of the things I love about taking communion is that communion's a sacrament, and, and sacrament, the word sacrament means that grace flows, and, and so one thing I want us to understand, we're in a series called He Changes Everything. It, it doesn't say He Changed. I mean, He did change everything, but He continues to change everything, and as we take communion, as we worship together, the Holy Spirit is working to change our hearts and our lives. And so today we continue with He Changes Everything. I want, I want us to understand today that it's not just about what Jesus saved us from, that, that, that God doesn't just save us from things, but God saves us to things. God doesn't just save us from death and destruction, God saves us to life and love. God doesn't just save us from sin, but God saves us to purity and love. And so he changes everything. Walking with Christ means being transformed into his image. As we walk with him, if you are a follower of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are walking filled with the Holy Spirit, and God's plan, God's purpose in your life is to change you into his image. And so today, as we come together and sing together and worship in this sense together, we believe that God is transforming us, changing us. So last week, we, we were in Galatians chapter 5 through this series, He Changes Everything. We're looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And, and last week, we talked about patience. Now, if you were here last week, maybe some of you missed it, uh, but if you were here last week and you left, I'm just wondering how many of you had the same experience I did where we focused on patience and, and looked at God's Word and what it says about patience and were called to be transformed in our patience. And, and if, if you're anything like me and you walked out of here, God gave you plenty of opportunity this week to grow in patience. Is that true for anyone? So, I mean, this happens. When I preach about things... I see them happen in my life more and more. And so last week we talked about patience. We got out of here. We got in our car to leave and, and go eat some food. And within 30 seconds, I had an opportunity to be patient, thanks to someone in this lovely church, one of you lovely people. <laughs> All week, it was just moment after moment where God was giving me opportunities to grow in patience. Listen, I, I love you guys. You guys are wonderful. But, but life, I mean, it's just amazing how God is continually transforming me and my heart. He changes everything. He changed everything for us. He continues to change everything. I wish I could say to you that I was perfect, that I acted perfect all the time, that I got it right every single time, but God is still transforming my heart. And so all week, he's changed everything. And moment after moment, it was like, this is, this is what I hope continues to happen, is that as I'm focusing on God's patience and the Spirit bringing patience in my life, that there are moments that, that I see and I think, this is an opportunity for God to grow my patience. Instead of this is an opportunity for me to flip out or get mad or whatever, this is an opportunity for me to grow in patience. So we're in Galatians chapter 5 today. We're going to move on to the next fruit of the Spirit. If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. And here's my prayer that just as the last week God's been working in my heart, my mind, my life, and patience, I pray that God will continue to transform us through His Word. This isn't about, I say this all the time, I'm going to say it, 
I'm going to keep saying it. This is not about what I can say to you. This is about God's Word. And so as we read God's Word, we stand because we believe that the Spirit speaks and works through His Word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. For those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You can have a seat. These are the fruits of the Spirit. He changes everything. We, we talk about being transformed into the image of God, and sometimes that seems like this abstract, lofty thing, but, but we have the fruits of the Spirit right here. These are the ways that the Spirit is working in our heart to change our hearts in these areas. And so last week we talked about forbearance or patience. This week we're going to talk about the next word, which is kindness. Now there are two words, kindness and goodness there. And, and honestly, you can read all the different um, commentators, you can read all the definitions. Those words are pretty much used interchangeably in Scripture, the kindness and goodness. And, and if you look at the definitions of both, they're, they're pretty similar. But today we're going to focus on kindness. They, they, there is a difference between goodness and kindness. Today we're going to focus on kindness. Kindness is, is what, what we do to others. Kindness is what flows out from love and goodness. And so today I just want to start with this, this simple idea, and I want every single one of us to get this today, that we as followers of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, you are called to kindness. There's not an option, hear me clearly, there's not an option to follow Jesus and be a mean, rotten person. God wants to transform your heart, and God is calling us as followers of Christ to be transformed into kind people. You guys like being around kind people, don't you? Anybody like being around kind people? Your favorite people, when you think about your favorite people, I'm going to guess they're the people that are kind to you, not the people that are mean or hurtful to you. We as followers of Christ are called to be kind people. The Spirit wants to, to grow kindness in our hearts, and, and we've received God's kindness. In communion, we, we, we celebrate, we take part in the sacrifice of Christ, and what that is is God's love poured out through Jesus Christ, His kindness. In fact, uh, listen to Ephesians chapter 2. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So did you hear that? That God loves us, and that's expressed in the kindness and in, in the work of Jesus towards us. So, so kindness is love expressed. Listen, I, I don't know if you've had a tough week this week. I'm going to guess that some of you have experienced people being unkind to you. Maybe there was just someone this week that, that got your week off track. Somebody was mean to you. Somebody said something. Listen, today you are called to be a person of kindness 
And you can be that because the God, the creator of the universe, loves you so much and has poured out his love and kindness through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit wants to continue to transform your heart. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And listen to what it says next. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So we have received, in communion, we receive the elements, we've received the love and the kindness of Christ, the love and the kindness of God, but we are called to then show love and kindness to others. You are free, but don't use your, your freedom for selfish reasons. Use it to serve one another humbly in love. For uh, the entire law, everything that God wants from you is boiled down to one simple command, love your neighbor as yourself. We are called to be a people of love Love is expressed in kindness. Love is not just some abstract thing. God did not just say, hey, I love all those people. It wasn't just this thought. Love was put into action through His kindness and, and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we have freedom in life because of it. And so we are called to show our love for others through kindness. So three reasons today we're going to look at. Three reasons that it's important for us to show kindness to others. The first is this, that if we're called to love, if all of it boils down to one thing and that's love, our love is directly connected to our kindness. You cannot love somebody and not be kind to them. If you love somebody, you will be kind to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, if you've been to a wedding, you've heard this scripture read, love is patient. That's what we talked about last week. Love is kind. The definition God gives us of love is patience and kindness, and there's a lot more there, but love is kind. You can't say that you love somebody and be mean and nasty and hurtful to them over and over again, you are called to show kindness. Love is patient. Love is kind. So you, maybe you remember, some. the kids are in here. Maybe you guys are in this phase. I remember when I was younger, if I liked a girl, maybe I would make fun of her. Maybe I would be rude or mean because I wanted to get her attention. And so maybe I wasn't being kind, but really I was really trying to flirt. Listen, that goes away at some point. And as you really start to love somebody, you learn that you need to be kind to them. This week, I, I sent Megan a text. I'm not the best at showing kindness, admittedly. Forgive me, guys. I told you I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, but I was on a trip, and, and I sent Megan a text. And she said, when I got home, she said, did you just do that because you're preaching on kindness? And I said, no, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe subconsciously that was happening, but, but I'm growing. God is transforming my heart in kindness. And listen, she's the love of my life. I want to be kind to her. I want to treat her well because love is expressed in kindness. In fact, Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, 
says it this way. He says, kindness is love in action. So if you love somebody, you need to be kind to them. And if the command for us is to love others, if everything God wants, all the law is boiled down to one thing, love your neighbor as yourself, then guess what? You are called to be kind to the people around you. Your love and your kindness are directly related. You cannot be a miserable, nasty, mean Christian and love the people around you. Don't, don't elbow the people around you. Don't nudge them. Don't stare them down. Be kind. We are called to be a people of love and kindness. And our love is connected to our, our kindness. Now, now, here's where this gets tough. It's easy to talk about my wife and my kids. It's easy to love you guys. I, I get paid to. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you guys because you're awesome. But it's easy to love the people that are nice to us, the people that treat us well. But, but here's what I want to get to. We're not just called to love our family and our friends and the ones close to us and the ones nice to us. We're called to love. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. If you read through Scripture, you'll figure out that love your neighbor doesn't just mean the people that like you. It means everybody. And so where this gets tricky is that we're not just called to love everybody, we're called to be kind to everybody. Two, two things come to my mind. Upward basketball is starting soon. That's something we do here at the church. It's a community thing, and people come in and play basketball, and, and upward basketball is an awesome thing. It's, it's a way to create an environment, a, a positive environment, a Christ, a God-honoring environment in sports, and so we host it. Uh, during January and February, and one of my roles in Upward is I get to ref little kids' basketball, kindergarten and first grade. Now, have any of you ever ref refed basketball before? Or any sport, for that matter? Any sport? Have you ever refed? Have you ever judged a competition? Okay, if you've ever done that, then you know that people can be kind of mean. Not kind, kind of mean. And, and I gotta tell you, I love, like, refing basketball, but I don't love people arguing with me and complaining. And this poses a little bit of a problem because I'm refing basketball, I'm doing this, uh, you know, volunteering, just serving, and, and this is kindergarten and first grade, so honestly, like most of the time, you're just trying to get them to figure out how to dribble the ball up the court. There's so many things you could call that you don't know what to call, you're just trying to make it the best it can be. And every once in a while, somebody will uh, complain or yell at you, hopefully not yell at you, say something, and can I just be honest with you and tell you that my first instinct is not to be kind back? By the way, I, little plug, we can use referees, and trust me, it's great. But seriously, it's an opportunity to serve and to be kind, and my first instinct is not to be kind to people who are complaining or getting on to me about the calls that I'm making or not making. I remember one time there was a coach, and he was just all over me about a call. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't handle it well. I turned. And I said, hey, leave me alone. I'm the ref. You want the whistle? Come get the whistle. You can volunteer. I'm not getting paid. And, and I wasn't kind. Listen to me. God's call for us to be kind is not just for people that are kind to us. It's to everybody. 
And our love, if I'm called to love my neighbor and that's my neighbor, then I'm called to be kind to that person. And the way I react to them has to do with love. Just Thursday night, uh, Charlie and I went to a football game. We went to the Bills versus the Bucks game. After the game, it was midnight. We got out to the car. That's why I look so terrible and tired today. We got out to the car at midnight, and there were two parking lots that were funneling down into one road to get out to the road. So, you know, we're barely moving. And it's one of those things where we're taking turns. This side would go, and then this side, well, you know, one car would go, and then one car would go, and one car would go. And I'm just watching this, just waiting my turn. And it gets to my turn next, and that side goes. And the person behind them sped up really quick just to keep me from going. I don't know why. It's not like it saved them any time, but they sped up. Now, listen, my, my air conditioning wasn't working very well, so we had the windows down. And in that moment, I had a choice. How am I going to react to this person that for no reason was unkind to me? And, I mean, I could tell you the things that went through my head. I wanted to say something. I wanted to flash my brights at them. I wanted to honk my horn. I wanted to get out. But I'm preaching on kindness this week. <laughs> And I preached on patience last week. And I thought, you know what? If I'm called to love my neighbor, I'd better be kind here. Listen, we are called to be kind, to love and be kind to others. And that's not just people that are kind to us. Our love, the one thing it all boils down to is being kind to each other. So number one, our love is connected to our kindness. Number two, our witness, and this goes hand in hand, our witness is connected to our kindness. See, the way you treat others doesn't just affect the way they think of you, it affects the way they think of Christians, it affects the way they think of this church, it can affect the way that they think of God. Your kindness directly relates to your witness. You guys know this is true because kindness changes things. There are places that you like to go eat, and there are places that you will never go to again because they weren't kind to you. Is that true? Are there places, are there stores, are there restaurants, are there places that you avoid because people weren't kind? It, it doesn't just change your thought about that person, it change your th changes your thought about that place. And I, I guarantee you, every single one of us can think of a place that we don't go to because they weren't kind. Listen, you're, you are called to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And your kindness is directly related to your witness. The same way you don't go to places, there are people who will never, well, I shouldn't say never. There are people that are running from God because followers of Christ were not kind but mean. My grandpa, before he died, said, I don't want to be a Christian if that's what Christians look like. Our kindness matters. Our kindness directly relates to our witness. Second Corinthians chapter 6, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says this, it says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way in great endurance and troubles and hardship and distresses and beatings and imprisonments and riots and hard work and sleepless nights and hunger and purity, understanding, patience and kindness 
and the Holy Spirit and sincere love. What Paul is saying here is that no matter what's happening, our witness is on the line. So if I'm being hurt, if I'm being beaten, if I'm being imprisoned, the way I react, my kindness, affects my witness. The way you treat others in every situation affects your witness. So let's just go back to my two fun stories, refing upward basketball. And I'll be honest, I didn't handle myself so well in, in that one circumstance. So you know what I had to do? I had, I, had to, I had to be authentic and I had to walk back to that guy and say, hey, I'm really sorry. That's... That's not who I'm supposed to be. I didn't curse at him, but I wasn't kind to him. And I went back and I said, listen, that's not who I am, and that's not what Upward's all about, and I'm sorry. And every time I get out there to ref, I have to be thinking about the witness, because what happens if I'm mean to somebody, and then they find out that I'm the pastor of the church? See, it's easy. You guys can just pretend that you don't go here, right? My picture's up on the wall. And if I'm mean to somebody and they figure out I'm the pastor of the church, guess what? They're not just not coming. They're going to tell everyone they know how mean the pastor is. My kindness directly relates to my witness. When somebody cuts me off in traffic, when somebody's driving too slow in front of me, my kindness relates to my witness. Maybe some of you are in the same place. I have a sticker on the back of my car that is Westchester Nazarene logo. And every once in a while, I catch myself wanting to be unkind and realizing that if I'm unkind and somebody sees Westchester Nazarene on the back of my car, that I'm not only hurting my own witness, but I'm hurting the witness of this church. And ultimately, I could be hurting someone's view of God. Your kindness and your witness are closely related, and when we show kindness, when we, show others the when we show kindness, we show others the love of Christ. We show a good witness. What's better than somebody being able to forgive? Or somebody being able to, to, to be wronged and just to be kind and loving? That shows the love of Christ. But if we fail to show kindness, we represent Christ poorly. And here's the thing, guys. It's not just about the person in the other car. It's not just about the coach that I got onto. Because there was a nine-year-old in my car. My son. There are people all around us, our family members, our friends. There are people sitting next to you right now. Maybe somebody who's new to the church. And your kindness or your lack thereof will affect your witness, not just to people outside, but to our young people. Our kids are in here. We need to set the example. Our teens are in here. I drive Eli to school every day, and it's really early, and I'm not in a good mood. <laughs> Eli, I'm sorry that sometimes I'm not the kindest. God's changing my heart. We're called to be people who are kind, and our kindness doesn't just affect our witness out there. It affects our witness in our own home. And so we are called to
to kindness. It's directly related to our love, which is the number one command. It's directly related to our witness. And number three, it's directly related to our worship. Our worship is connected to our kindness. See, we can't come in here and sing all the music and pretend that everything's good and pretend that God's number one and pretend that we're all for whatever God wants for us and then go out and be mean and nasty to others. Our worship in here is connected to what we do outside of here. See, we, we often think of worship as what happens in here, but worship is so much bigger than just when we sing together. Worship is what you do when you leave here. Worship is what you do on the upward basketball court or in your car. That's worship. And the worship you show there should be the same as the worship in here. God's not interested in empty ritual. God's interested in our hearts being transformed to be people that are kind and loving. And I got to tell you, I, I love the all creation cries holy. I love songs like that. I feel like when we sing that together, that, that God's just being glorified. But can I tell you that just as much as in that moment God is glorified, when we show kindness to people around us, God is glorified. And that's true worship. First John chapter 4 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. In other words, if you're not loving, you're not really worshiping. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for us. So, not that we deserved it, not that we earned it, but love and kindness is His character. And it's what we're called to. Dear friends, verse 11. Since God so loved us, we ought also love one another. Listen to what it says at the end here. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, which means we show kindness to one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Just as important as the worship that we do in this room together is the worship that each of us does when we leave this place. Your kindness is directly connected to your love, it's directly connected to your witness, and it's directly connected to your worship. The way we treat others matters. So here's the deal. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And we're going to sing a song. And, and this song is called God of Revival, and we're going to sing in this song about revival. Now, if, if, you're, if you've been around the church for a while, when we think of revival, we think of something that God pours out oftentimes in the church, and we think of the, these worship services maybe, or these moments where the Spirit shows up and is changing things. And listen, that is, that's part of what happens in revival. But I want to shift our thinking a little bit today. Because revival isn't just something that happens in worship services. Revival is something that happens in our hearts. And I believe that the revival that God wants to see and to do today is to continue to transform us as people of patience and kindness 
and love for others. So I want to invite you to stand. We took communion together, and in communion, we understand that, that God showed His kindness and His love through Jesus Christ. In the same way, God wants to light the darkness outside. God wants to start revival through us, through the way we treat the people around us, through our love and our patience and our kindness. So as we sing this song, I'm not asking you to come to an altar. If you need to, you're welcome to. I'm not asking you to kneel. If you need to, you're welcome to. What I'm asking you to do is to ask God to transform your heart and your life. I'm not perfect, but God's transforming me to transform who you are, to be more patient and to be more kind so that we can love others, so that we can witness to others, and so that we can worship God with everything that we have and everything that we do.